and welcome to Cracking Open a Cold Case and Other True Crimes. Thank you for listening. This is a podcast. It is a podcast. I'm Sugar. And I'm Caitlin. My legal name's Allison. My legal name is not Allison. Oh! Christmas and Happy New Year. New Year's the stupidest holiday. It really is. I've never had a fun New Year's. We we go from one year to the next. Big freaking deal. Cool. Whatever. Happy New Year's. What's in your cold one, Kaylin? Well, I have two cold ones at the moment. I have a 44 ounce Diet Coke with lemon that is almost gone. So I also have a Sprite Zero, or Sprite Cranberry Zero. Yeah, I saw you get that out of your fridge, and it was already open. I have a whole case if you'd like. Are those good? Yeah. I actually really like them. My grandma used to do that, where she would drink Cokes, and she would have the open can and put it in the fridge, and it'd be like, okay, it's gone flat by now. Yeah, I did this this morning while I took some medicine, because I didn't want to take a whole thing to work. Okay. I mean, I'm not judging, but what the f... It's fine. I highly recommend Sprite Zero Cranberry. Sprite Zero is very good. Mm -hmm. 2017, for me personally, was the year of Lime Rickies with Diet Sprite in it. You will be very impressed with me. I've had two Diet Lime Rickies in the last two days. I've gotten one the last two nights. I'm so proud of you. And every time I said Sugar would be proud. You were right. Hell yeah, I am. Can I tell you a story about a cold one? Yeah. I went to McDonald's. I ordered a diet Coke with lemon, and they gave me a diet Dr. Pepper. They've done that to me before as well. Was it the one on 40th? Yes! That's the weirdest McDonald's. Ask anyone. It really is, and I was pissed. If it wasn't such a busy street, I would have turned my car around. It wasn't worth it. They have those machines now inside where you can get anything, any variety of anything on earth. Ooh. They have, they even have ginger ale. You know who likes ginger ale? Me. Yep. And my dad. Oh my gosh, Caitlin's dad is my soulmate. That's probably fair. Uh, but by soulmate, I mean just guy who likes the same drinks as me. Yeah, that's what I think is so. Can I show you is. this picture? And I want your live reaction on air. Are you ready? Yeah. Set. Oh! It's a picture of her dad's shoulder or something. Yep. Caitlin, stop! He's got, like, stitches. Yep. We're not soulmates anymore. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, he had to get all that shiz done to him. Yep. I'll say shiz, because remember when we got that negative review about how we can't swear because we sound like we're 12? That's fine. We're just two ping-ping balls in the wind. I try to change my personality according to people's reviews. reviews. Have we gotten any new reviews lately? I should look. I was doing some guerrilla marketing. I got a Tinder for like two hours the other night out of boredness. And some guy asked me what I like to do, and I was like, uh, nothing really. I have a prime podcast me and my friend make. And he's like, oh, what's it called? And I gave him the name. And then I deleted Tinder, so I'll never have to talk to him again. I hope he reviewed it. Ooh, we just got a new review on December 13th. Oh, I think it's from my brother's friend Tom. 
Shout out to Tom. Cracking open a cold case is just plain fun. It's one of those shows that makes you think to yourself, I would bro down with the host for sure. It's kind of like Wayne's World, but for millennials. My gut tells me this potty's bound to blow up, not unlike WW. Something like World War? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of He's too cool for us. Oh, like Wayne's World, because oh, you just I said that. It. I got it. Whoops. Interesting. Thank, Thank you. you for that podcast. T and T A for you. And an A for you. T and an Oh, because that's his his initials are T A. God bless him. Thank you, sir. I am glad that he knows what Wayne's World is. Have you seen Wayne's World? Yeah, I have. Oh, thank goodness. I was anticipating you'd say no, and I'd have to be like, Caitlin! I have definitely watched Wayne's World. While we're giving thanks, let us give thanks to our people who have given us donations because we love them and think they're very good and nice. Vic Habersmith, thank you so much. We think you're gorgeous. And have a hot body. Thank you, Vic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Does that sound like Natalie Merchant? I don't even know the difference. Mallory Bond, thank you so much. And also, Courtney Kearns. Thank you. She has her own podcast. It's called In the Garden of Earthly Delights. Ooh. They actually have, what are those? Oh, microphones that legit people have. I want to look it up right now. That's so biblical and deep. I didn't oh. find it. Maybe I'll just put in the garden and see what pops up. Maybe it's called the Garden of Earthly Delights. Let me check. Maybe they have it on Instagram. No, the Garden of Earthly Delight, CK Studios. Oh, yeah, Garden of Earthly Delights. I'm Delight. going to subscribe. Oh, they have eight ratings of five. I'm going to review it, but not say ping pong balls in a windstorm. Ping ping balls. Thank you, Courtney, and thank you, Vic and Mallory. We appreciate it very much. We love cold ones. We really do. And we would give you all the compliments. Just like any good compliment you can think of, just, just pretend, pretend you said yeah. it. But ours is probably better. Whoa. Because we are amazing. That's true. So, Sugar, what yes. is our cold case on tonight? It's on a little indie case independent, or that's not right, a little hipster case called John Bonnet Ramsey. Ooh, no one's heard of it but us. No. Is this because it's the Christmas season and Christmas reminds us of murder? Yeah. Nice. Nothing goes hand in hand. I don't doubt Santa has murdered before and he'll murder again. Remember on the Santa Claus when the old Santa dies and he goes back and... Everyone's just like, oh, whatever, you're in the new Santa now. Yeah, and it's like, did the old Santa disappear? We don't care about the old Santa. That is a strange show. I like it. It's, yeah. It's a strange concept. Me and my friends just watched the Santa movie, or this Christmas movie called El Camino Christmas, and it was on Netflix, so I thought it'd be some kind of rom-com, yeah. where it was like some, just like, so hokey, I wanted to die. But it was so weird. Tim Allen was in it. Everyone gets shot to death. But, yeah. Let's, let's move on to some let's, John Bonet facts. Let's dive into this Christmas case. Let's swan dive <laughs> straight into this crime. Ooh. John Bonet Ramsey was born on August 6, 1990 in Atlanta, Georgia. Two weeks before our very own Caitlin. Yes, two weeks exactly. 
And she had an older brother named Burke. Who was nine. Oh, well, hold on. At the time of this crime, he was nine. He wasn't yes. nine when she was born. No, he's... He's, he's only three years old. Yes, so he was three years old in 1990, so he was born in 1987. So he's one of the Math. main... Right now, he's 30. I can't decide if he's, like, conventionally attractive at all or creepy. He's creepy. Okay. Sorry, I just have a lot of conflicting feelings inside of me about most men. I know. It's okay. Thanks for understanding. She's born in 1990. Her She has three half-siblings. There's two dudes and a sister. The sister died in 1992 from a car crash. Yep. That's not really a big part of the story because I just actually just barely found out about it. I just thought that was an interesting fact. Yeah. John Bennet was named after her dad, John Bennett Ramsey. John Bennet's full name is John Bennet Patricia Ramsey, and her mom's name is Patricia, but she goes by Patsy. Her dad was a businessman who was the president of Access Graphics, which is a computer sister, computer system company. Computer and, sister. Yep, computer sister. Like Sophia the robot that has citizenship. Oh, yeah. So sure. scary. And Patsy, her mother, was a stay-at-home mom who was very involved in the community with her children. Yeah, Patsy had the life. She's a socialite. She was like Paris Hilton-y. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't know that she was ever like that, but I, that's just what I think of when I think of socialite. She was a pageant queen. Yes. Patsy would submit her in pageants. Do we know how many titles she has? She won the titles of America's Royale Miss, Little Miss Charlevoix, Little Miss Colorado, Colorado State All-Star Kids Cover Girl, and National Tiny Miss Beauty. So she was a toddler in tiaras? Yes. Patsy Ramsey was reported to be a pageant mother, and that behavior was broadcast by the media after the murder. But, yeah, very toddlers and tiara-like. I wonder what percentage of children are like, I want to be in a pageant. Versus ones that are like, uh, I just want to play. And the mom's like, we need to get you a spray tan and I mean, enter you. Yeah. So, My children aren't going to be pageant queens. Mine probably aren't either. But, I mean, if you want to make bundles of, I don't know, do kids make m lots of money, do you think? I guess it depends what pageants you win. That's true. What What is? Do what you want with your kids, I guess. This event takes place in Christmas 1996. That's why it's a Christmas tale. Yeah. You know what song slaps is We Three Kings. We Three Kings of Orient something. Yep. I don't know the words either. Either. It's fine. I don't need to know. I just jam to it at the club. The Christian club. <laughs> I go there. There's all these Christian teens. Are you on mutual? No. Good. No, and I just got Tinder, like, as a weird Let me Tinder network. for you while we podcast. I don't want to make one, because I, I talked to some people, and it was boring, because they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, I don't really have productive hobbies. Yes, you do. I'm like, you want me to talk about the YouTube channels that I watch? We are podcasters. Yeah, but if Blue Apron doesn't recognize us, then we're nothing. Or... That's fair. Sugar Bear or, Hair. What's that other one? Madison Reed, hair color. 
I can't believe how convenient this is to color my hair at home. Because a lot of times we're stuck with box hair color that sub part or expensive trips to the salon. Real girls on the go do Madison read. But I don't dare touch my hair myself ever again. Because <laughs> I've it's gone it wrong. It looks really good though. Thank you. But every time I try it, it's just like, what are you doing? Anyway, we'll we'll keep going. Sorry, that I digress. Your fault, my hair? Yeah. No, it was. <sighs> so it's it's Christmas 1996. Let me set the scene. This is Boulder, Colorado. I've never been to... I don't think I've been to Colorado. Have um, you? I don't think so. I need to go to the Denver airport, though. Oh, I've been to the Denver airport. They have a Quiznos, which is all you can ask for. Quiznos, first of all... Here's a whole other mystery we need to figure out. Where the hell has Quiznos gone? There is one in a little town called Green... I think it's Green River, Utah. I've been there in the last two years. Let me see. I think it's in Green River. It's somewhere near Green River. Quiznos was good. It's claiming there's one on Redwood Road, but I feel like I doubt that. Yeah, that one's probably closed. Do you want to call it and see? Should I? Yeah. An on-air call. We three kings. What do I say if they answer? What are your hours? Okay. Thank you for calling Quiznos. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. until 6 p.m. If we're busy, call us back or order online at Quiznos.com. Thank you. Bye. I mean, okay, I guess we'll pretend that that's open. I feel like it could be open, because I said Quiznos.com. I just love Quiznos, and they're disappearing. You do. They're being replaced by Subway, which isn't bad, but I wouldn't be like, Subway. Yeah, I mean, Subway's... Jersey Mike's is pretty good. Have you been there? No, but I saw they opened a new one. Yeah, and also it has that sweet name. It was a Mac. Auntie Anne and Jersey Mike fan fiction is what I do with my time. I triple X rated. <sighs> okay. Okay. Back to the murder. So, it's Christmas Day, 1996, and our little beauty queen, John Bonet, goes to sleep, and she's in a house with Burke, her father, and Patricia, mm-hmm. Patsy. Patsy. Patsy wakes up the next morning at 5:30, like a total freak ass. Who gets up that early? It's the day after Christmas. And she doesn't work. Like, the only time I get up is if I have to go to work. I try not to get up at all, ever. She finds a note on the stairs in her house. It's a two-and-a-half-page note, and it's a ransom letter. It starts out, Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. Love, I love to travel with attaches. Right. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. An attaché is a person on the staff of an ambassador. Ah. 
The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. Jeez. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement, countermeasures, and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory, SBTC. We don't know what that stands for. No, unless it's South Beach Touching Cats Club. Yeah. Club. Yeah, this it's a very strange note. Just the way it's formed, like the sentences and the verbiage used is odd. It's weird that they asked for $118,000 when that is the exact amount of John Bennett's bonus of that year. He had a bonus check for $118,000. Also, so it's weird how they knew that. His southern sensibilities or whatever, he's from Lincoln, Nebraska. But they lived in... Atlanta, Georgia, for a time. Oh, okay. He's a Republican. If that matters to any of you, which it, I don't know at this point. Maybe he's a Democrat by now. Who knows? We don't even know. So she gets up to make the coffee. She finds the note. They call the police, and then the police begin their invas investigation. Well, and another thing about the ransom note, the FBI told the police that it was very unusual for such a note to be written at the crime scene. It was written on a paper that, like, they're... It's like Pat, Patsy's stationery. Yeah. So it was written on her paper using her pen, and the police believe that the ransom note was staged because it did not have any fingerprints and included an unusual use of exclamation marks and acronyms. SBTC. Let me Google SBTC and just see what comes up. Southern Baptists of Texas Convention is one. I mean, that maybe could be it. I, that would be crazy. But, yeah, I'm, we don't know what that means. Also, if they it was faked, where the F would they get that? Yeah. Not saying it's not faked. No, but we don't, we don't know. Spoiler alert. We don't know who committed the crime. Not trying to brag or anything. According to the Colorado Bureau of in Investigation, there are indications, indicators, that the author of the ransom note is Patsy Ramsey, but they couldn't definitely prove it. But a handwriting expert made a three-week analysis of the ransom note, and she believed that the note was written by Patsy because the author of the ransom note used four different variations of the letter A, and Patsy Ramsey used the same four types of the letter A. That's an interesting yeah. signature. So there's already kind of some red flags pointing at the Ramseys. Kind of a red flag, like they call, they found this ransom note, they think it might be written by Patricia or Patsy. Because the only people in the house at the at the time were John Bonet, Burke, and Patsy and John Ramsey. 
Yeah, so they find her bod not even eight hours later. Her bod, I'm sorry, that sounded rude or something. Yeah, and when the police came to the house, they did a search of the house but did not find any sign of forced entry, and they didn't find any footprints in the snow. They found her, she was asphyxiated by strangulation, and cranio, and she well, she died of that and craniocerebral trauma. Yeah, and she was found in the basement of the family home. Who found her? Was it the dad? Yep, John found her. The Point. police came to the house. They thought that the, that John Bonet had been kidnapped, so they kind of closed off her room to contain the evidence in that. So they didn't really close off the rest of the house. So there was some contamination of the evidence in the rest of the house because everyone thought she had been kidnapped. They didn't know that she was still in the house at the time. They figured they took her. I don't really know if it is viable that they were just, like, sitting in the basement with her the whole time. Yeah. When the Ramseys called the police and they started calling their family and friends, those friends and families came up to the house and started cleaning the house for them. Started cleaning the counters sweeping the floors, all those things, and that could possibly destroy evidence. Okay, so at 1 p.m. on that day, like, so this is six and a half hours later after Patsy finds the note, Detective Arndt asked Fleet White, a friend of the Ramseys and John Ramsey, to search the house to see if anything seemed wrong, and they searched the basement. So John Ramsey and his friend opened the latch door the officer French had, had failed to open and found his daughter's body in one of the rooms, so in the basement. Yeah, and it was like in a utility room. Her mouth was covered in duct tape and a nylon cord was found around her wrists and neck and the torso was covered by a white blanket. John had made a critical error when he immediately picked up the child's body and took it upstairs. That does seem kind of weird, because wouldn't you just be like, come down here, everyone? Yeah, I don't know why would you move it. When she was moved, the crime scene was contaminated, and critical forensic evidence was disturbed for the returning forensics team. So that's kind of suspicious in itself. Patsy said that John Bonet was not wearing the clothing she was wearing when she put her to bed, she was now dressed in white leggings and a shirt. John Patsy and Bert provided handwriting blood and hair samples to the police. John and Patsy participated in a preliminary interview for more than two hours, and Burke was also interviewed within the first couple of weeks following John Bonet's death. So she died of strangulation and a skull fracture. There was no evidence of conventional rape, although sexual assault could not be ruled out. There was no semen found, but there was evidence that there had been a vaginal injury, and it appeared that her vaginal area had been wiped with a cloth. And there was also a drop of blood found on her underwear that could be construed as a sexual assault, but her death was ruled as a homicide. There was DNA in her underwear? Mm-hmm. And where else? Like and her... on her pajamas that but... were found by her, but she wasn't wearing them. Apparently it wasn't sexual secretions. There was a garret, a garrote, that was made from a length of nylon cord and the broken handle of a paintbrush. And the paintbrush was part of Patsy's art supplies. A garret is when you tie it and, like, tighten, like, a... Like, use it to tighten it. Tighten the string around her neck or something. The, that nylon cord, that rope, has never been tested for DNA or anything. It's never been analyzed, so that's kind of a weird thing. Something else weird is root material, which may represent pineapple. Is something that turned up in the autopsy. Yeah. So she had, she, I'm pretty sure she ate pineapple the night before or something. 
Yeah, but then there was a bowl of pineapple in the kitchen with a spoon in it, but Papsy and John don't remember putting the bowl on the table. But they report that they found Burke Ramsey's fingerprints on the bowl, but the Ramseys have always maintained that Burke slept through the entire thing. I mentioned that there was a little bit of blood found on JonBenet's underwear, and in December of 2003, investigators extracted enough material to establish a DNA profile. The DNA belonged to an unknown male. Um, it was submitted to the FBI's CODIS system, which contained more than 1.6 million DNA profiles. But the sample did not match any profile in the database. And in October of 2016, so just a few months ago, or a year ago, 2017. A new forensic analysis revealed that the original DNA actually contained genetic markers from two individuals other than John Bonet. Two? So I don't really know what that means. There's two people. The Ramseys have been identified as potential suspects in the case. The police focus a lot on the parents, but by October of 1997, over 1,600 people were considered persons of interest. So they had a lot of people that they thought could do it. There was a lot of errors made in the investigation. Like such as picking up the body. A lot of contamination. And I, f I feel like John Bennett Ramsey was smart enough to not pick up a body. Yeah, he was like a CEO of a company. He definitely was smart enough not to do that, but he did. John. John, you dog. And the police also would share evidence with the Ramseys, which you're not really supposed to do, I guess. And that was considered a flaw. Just the whole thing is very convoluted. Not that I'm an expert, but I'm an expert. So Monday, December 30th, they've taken blood and hair samples from John Ramsey and the other family members. And the half-siblings were out of town on the day of the murder, so they didn't need to do that. And then John Bonet was buried in Marietta, Georgia, next to her half-sister, the one that we mentioned earlier who died. So that's a pretty much the whole story of her body. Yeah. The main suspects are the family, this guy who came to the party dressed as Santa Claus. Yeah, Bill McReynolds. Basically, since this is a child's case and there's, like, all these creepy men involved, it's kind of upsetting. I mean, whenever kids die, that's pretty upsetting. Oh, but yeah. I just mean, because it's really weird, has, like, some weird pedophile situations in here. Not that there's really any proof that any pedophile touched her, but, yeah. So it's the, the main family, the housekeeper, uh, a town drifter named Gary Olivia, Oliva, not Olivia, He's a pedophile. And he supposedly told somebody that he hurt a little girl in Boulder. And the only murder in Boulder, Colorado that year was John Bonet's. And then a school teacher named John Mark Carr who confessed out of the blue to it. He was a weirdo that claimed he was in love with her but would never violate her. Remember that weird letter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we'll go through them individually instead of randomly throwing stuff out there. Yeah, so the first one would be Patsy Ramsey. There's a whole scandal that people suspect that the dad was molesting her and Patsy Ramsey got mad and killed her. Yeah, and then there's another thing where John Bonet had wet the bed and Patsy freaked out and in like a rage over that accidentally killed her. She was a former Miss West Virginia. So uh, there you go. So I don't know. It's just things like that where the parents kind of project their old careers mm -hmm. and stuff onto other onto their kids or get kind of weird and sticky like 
that she has her kid in pageants. But yeah, so basically the the bottom line of the Patricia angle is that she's just a psycho who has weird issues directed at her kid. If the dad were molesting her, you don't take it out on the kid, no. the six-year-old. That's not her fault. And then the dad, what was the dad's... Obviously the people all living in the house would be suspected because yeah. they have it. But, so the father... Well, one thing that was suspicious about both John and Patsy Ramsey was that the ransom note made a deadline for the money. It was on 10 a.m. And they didn't panic about it. They just let the timeline go without saying a word to the police or anything. So they thought that was suspicious because if your daughter's being held hostage and you had to have a ransom by a certain time, you would think that you would do everything that you could to get it done instead of just let it slip by without saying anything. They didn't alert the police that they needed a reliable attache. And a couple of detectives saw that John Ramsey's behavior was strangely suspect that morning. Picking her up? Or you mean before he even picked up her yeah, body? Yeah, before. Like, just when they got there, he was acting weird. John had made plans to fly the family to Atlanta just hours after the murder. That's weird. Seeing that they'd been asked to leave the house and just wanted to go home to Atlanta where they lived for t over 25 years. I guess if he, there's allegations of him being a molester, that's obviously could connect to a motive. Like yeah. if he, I don't know. I don't know what comes to, what it comes to when molesters kill their victims. Like if they threaten to tell someone or some kind of consequence is coming. So just John, it's not clear if he did anything or if he was just a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess mean, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Once touch DNA testing cleared, or once touch DNA testing was developed, it cleared John and Patsy Ramsey, but still weird. They still were acting very suspicious about it. The third suspect is Burke Ramsey. He was nine years old at the time. The whole s story on that, I'm pretty sure, is he accidentally killed her. And the family, the mom, didn't want him to get in trouble for it, so she wrote the note yeah, and set it up. So maybe it's that's kind of a family affair situation. Yeah. All three are involved somehow and know more than they let on. I mean, I hope it wasn't Burke because that would be horrible to live with for your whole life. Not that it's not horrible to live with your sister being murdered somehow. I wonder how the, the house is set up because it, how could your the girl go somewhere else, like go missing anything without anyone knowing? No one noticed. If somebody, I'm trying to think, like if growing up, if someone stole one of my siblings, I'd probably notice, but they probably had a way bigger house. Oh yeah. It's just weird. It is weird, but I feel like your rooms would be somewhere with yeah you'd have like the main bedrooms at least on the same floor because the kids were still little yeah that's true doesn't make sense that none of them would have heard anything yeah nothing maybe yeah. they're just all extremely heavy sleepers the fourth suspect is gary oliva mm -hmm. he was a 32 year old non-sex offender showing his we're looking at his Mugshot. Mugshot. He looks way older than 32. Yeah, he looks scary. I mean, for his sake, I hope this was taken later. And he didn't look like that. He's in Boulder, Colorado when this is happening. And it looked like a potential sexual assault. Not that there's any proof of rape or anything. He was a convicted pedophile and had been living in the area on and off. When the police found a <coughs> magazine cutout of John Bonet in his backpack. 
after they arrested him on drug charges in the year 2000. So there's not really anything particularly like there's proof that he did it, yeah. but it's still strange. So Ollie Gray was their private investigator and referred to Oliva's ties to JonBenet as a bombshell arrest. What does that even mean? Just to kidding you out, this is the guy. And then their PI blasted the Boulder PD for failing to consider him as a credible suspect. Michael Vell, which was Gary's high school friend, stepped forward with an allegation supporting Ollie Gray's suspicion. Michael Vell claimed that not long after the murder at a straw, Oliva had called him on the phone and confessed to him that he hurt a little girl. I hurt a little girl. And Michael Vell was also unsettled by how the knots used to fashion the garret that strangled JonBenet were similar to those used in an incident where Oliva attempted to choke his mother with a telephone cord. Whether Gary Oliva did anything to JonBenet or not, he's got a bevy of issues yeah. already. But he was cleared by DNA testing, but he was recently charged with two counts of sexual exploitation of a child for possessing child pornography. So, I mean, he's not a real winner. I wouldn't date him. And that's saying a lot. A quote from, yeah, this is about the, where he tried to choke his mother with a telephone cord. This is a quote from Michael Vale, his friend. My blood ran cold when I read that, recalled Vale of his troubled childhood friend. Oliva was also rumored to have possible connections to a theory that links the marks found on JonBenet's body to an encounter with a stun gun. And Oliva had one on it when he was arrested. That's so, weird. So it's all very circumstantial. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds of the stun gun situation? Another suspect was the electrician named Michael Hilgoff. He worked in a nearby auto salvage yard. And he was referred to as a Hellraiser. And he was tied to an alleged property dispute involving the Ramses. So that maybe could have served as possible motivation. He was 26 at the time. Yeah, but once he caught wind that he could be a, su a suspect in the case, the officials found a book boot print allegedly similar to his near the Ramsey's home. He committed suicide before anyone could get to him. His death occurred two days after a 1997 press conference announcing that the Boulder DA was zeroing in on a new subject. But he was also cleared by both DNA and death. Who knows? Um, another suspect was a school teacher named John Mark Carr. We mentioned him earlier. He confessed out of the blue to the strangulation of John Bonet and graphic sexual detail yeah he was arrested in thailand where he'd been living on the lam after facing child pornography charges in the u.s one night in bangkok makes humble i don't know good job words. um but i just thought of it because thailand do you get it yeah i do john mark carr initially brought himself into this mess by reaching out to a university of colorado boulder professor named Michael Tracy over email in regards to a documentary Tracy was making on the case. We should make documentaries as our living. Okay. We should. These emails took a disturbing turn, revealing the grown man's sexual fascination with John Bonet. He said he was in love with her. Yeah, weird things that were very inappropriate. The professor corresponded with him over email for like four years. And so he just had to keep talking to him, even though he's saying this weird stuff like he's in love with a six-year-old. And Carr's, his confession, involved a series of diary entries. 
car recall strangling Jabonet in a love game gone wrong. Close your pretty eyes, sweetheart, reads the excerpt, in which Carr repeatedly refers to himself as Daxus. Daxus loves you so much. Oh, God, I love you, Jabonet, and my lover's eyes are slowly closing. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, he definitely is a weird person. He was ultimately cleared after his DNA failed to match the profile of the unknown male. So basically he was just your standard messy bitch pedophile. Yeah, he was just weird. And he is now living a new identity and a new gender in the Pacific Northwest. That's probably wise. So, I mean, there's that. I did not even know about this one until today that the housekeeper was even under suspicion. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I guess she, if she had known and been around for so long. She had a key to the Ramsey's home. She didn't even begin to fit the profile the police were looking for. Former convict, 25 to 30 years old. That's so weird because that's our age range. The housekeeper had her suspicions that Patsy Ramsey had accidentally killed John Bonet. I'm not really sure how anyone assumes the accidental thing happened. Like, Yeah, how I accidentally did this. Maybe it was, like, accidental choking, like, on The Simpsons, where Homer gets mad and chokes Bart. Yeah, that could be it. Patsy claimed that the housekeeper was struggling for money and asked for a loan of several thousand dollars, which Patsy declined. Oh. And the police showed up at the housekeeper's home the night after the murder and asked the housekeeper to write the number, I think it meant to be 118000 on a piece of paper, and reportedly took her fingerprints and several strands of her hair. And she testified in front of a grand jury for eight hours. Shit, that's a long time. And including a statement against Patsy that alleged that she had multiple personalities. Basically, she said she'd be in a good mood and then she'd be cranky and then have arguments with John Bonet over wearing a dress or a friend or something. I don't know how extreme they are because it seems like that's not that out of the ordinary. Yeah. I'm not this housekeeper, I don't know. Yeah. And the theory about the housekeeper is that she led a trusting John Bonet down into the basement. That night to ha- yep. trick her employers into leaving money for her ransom. And she could have seen the pay stub. That's how they got the exact number right. The holiday bonus. Yeah, so she would have seen that. And she was familiar with the family schedule. And her alibi was that she was asleep in her bed while her husband was asleep on the couch. But yeah, all I the evidence know. is circumstantial, and she's never been formally accused. And then the last suspect is that Santa Claus man. He's he's dead, so we couldn't get him even if it was him. Yeah. He was a friend of the Ramseys. He dressed up as Santa Claus the week before John Bonet's murder to entertain the neighborhood at one of Patsy's famous Christmas gatherings. John Bonet gave him a vial of glitter. Oh yeah, this is weird. That he cherished very much. An older man dressed as Santa makes a pretty good perp in a child murder. Everyone thinks that it's very unlikely that he had something to do with it. He was just an old weirdo who loved glitter. I mean, don't don't we all love glitter, love? Yeah, apparently it's, like, super bad for the environment, but I think it's worth it. It's fine. The trade-off. Ruining the environment for glitter. Well, it's, like, super bad because, I guess, fish eat it. And so, do you eat salmon a lot, or? Sometimes. On occasion. Yeah, you're in danger of eating glitter. Basically, his only crime was paying too much attention to John Bonet, going so far as to arrange a secret visit from Santa Claus on Christmas. Yeah, he sounds like a real creep. I mean, all these suspects, the theories behind him are good, but a lot of them have been cleared by DNA evidence. 
So it's still a mystery, like who did it? If it, the Ramses themselves are cleared, all these suspects are cleared, half of these suspects are dead. Hold on, Caitlin. What? We're not done talking about McReynolds. Oh, I thought we were. Well, I mean, my bad. Basically, we don't really believe he did it. We just think he's weird, and he so he chose Jabonet to be his special friend, and that vial of glitter she gave to him when he was Santa. He took that in with him to get heart surgery as, like, a good luck charm, I guess. And then he told his wife if he died to mix his ashes with the glitter. Yeah, that's super strange. If he were very cool, he would have asked her to throw it out at Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. It generated buzz in the Denver Post, the story about him, but didn't really amount to anything besides the story of a weird old man. The ashes thing really makes it creepy. Well, yeah. But anyway, did you have any final thoughts you wanted to add on? No, just... This whole thing is so weird because she was found in the house, but there was no footprints in the snow, and all these suspects have been cleared by DNA evidence. It just doesn't make sense, and I don't even know who else it could be, unless it was the the Ramses themselves, and somehow the DNA is contaminated, so it doesn't match. I don't know. Rick Ramsey got interviewed by Dr. Phil not that long ago. He got really crucified for smiling a lot in it. Yeah, he was acting strange. He was, but it might just be that that's how he reacts to yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, he's being attacked, and so he's like, ha-ha, okay. Well, I don't know that he was being attacked, but he was, like, recounting the night and kind of smiling, and everyone was like, what a freaking sociopath. But it's like, maybe that's just how he is when he's stressed and on TV with Dr. Phil's mustache, you yeah. know? But it, you can find it on YouTube. I don't know that it really reveals anything that interesting, pivotal. Yeah. yeah. Also, a grand jury in 1999 wanted to indict the parents of John Bonet, but On child abuse charges that led to a child's death. A DA didn't sign it, so they never got indicted. That's all we have. It hasn't ever been solved. It's probably never going to get solved. No, it probably won't. We're just being realistic. But it is very interesting. Yeah, everyone wants to know what happened to John Bonet, and everyone has an opinion. And everyone has a theory, but there's no solid evidence pointing to one person or the other. I get swayed a lot by different stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I'm certain it has to be this person. We'll never know. We won't. Um, unless by some miracle. We, maybe by saying we'll never know. It'll pop out. It'll yeah, come out. The internet will... We still don't know whoever came up with that note, came up with those initials. There's just a lot of questions about this case. I think that's why it's captivated so many people. That's our Christmas episode for you guys. Merry Christmas. Nice, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Cherish your family. And we will be back after Christmas. Remember the true meaning of Christmas. Murder. Have a good one. We love you. Caitlin loves you. Bye. Peace, my dudes. On earth. Peace on earth. And goodwill to men. Michael Buble.